So we are in part two of Keep the Change series. Last week, we talked about um, the starting point of change. The starting point being this. The starting point is that Jesus came to bring change. What you need the most is change. So Jesus' greatest purpose meets your deepest need, right? And change begins where? Not on the outside, not by becoming a better you, not by becoming, it, it starts on the inside. It starts on the inside and works its way out. So Jesus is our starting point. A starting point is great, but you kind of need a plan for change, don't you? Like a starting point's awesome, but if you really want to see true and lasting change happen, <clears throat> you actually need a plan. And, um, you know, one thing that I have really noticed about people in this country, myself in, included, because I'm, you know, in this country, is we like to set a plan that is easy, but we want to get incredible results. We want the easiest plan possible, but we want the most results. Have you ever seen these ab belts? <clears throat> I mean, if anything is more USA, I don't know if it's ever been these ab belts. Put this ab belt on. It, electric, it electrocutes your abs, shocks them into convulsing, so you can get ripped abs, a six-pack, while eating potato chips and drinking a Pepsi or drinking whatever beverage that, that you want. That is the Americanized plan for change. I'm going to... Potato chips, drink some beer, put on my ab belt, six-pack. Amazing, right? Like, that's what people think whenever they think of a plan. And whenever people think of Christian change, right, people think, okay, Christian change. And if you've been in church for any amount of time and you ask someone, how can I change? How can I become better? They'll probably tell things like this. Read your Bible. Dust that old Bible off from your grandma. Download the Bible app and just start reading. And reading and start in Genesis. Worst thing you could ever do, right? <laughs> Genesis is like a crazy book. You got people sleeping with people. Everyone's sleeping with everybody. You're just like, what the world's going on here? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy. Read your Bible and pray. Pray. Get on your knees and pray 15 minutes a day. Read your Bible. Pray. Join a life group, which, which hey, we love life groups here. We want you to join them. We're, we're going to be starting them the week of October 8th. We want everyone to be in a life group, fellowship, be, you know, being in relationship with other people. It's important. We want you to do that. Get involved in outreach. We, had, we actually had an incredible outreach yesterday. We had 15 life housers. I don't know what you call us. Life housers sounds good. Life housers down in downtown Newport News, serving down there, serving breakfast, serving people down there was incredible. It was an incredible time. We want to encourage you. Get involved in, in outreach. Get involved in life track. Stop watching those bad TV shows. I know y'all watch Game of Thrones. I know y'all watch that hellish show. Y'all watch House of Cards. Y'all watching all the crazy stuff. Stop doing it. You need to stop drinking. Stop drinking that Bud Light. Stop doing it. It's bad for you. Right, right, right. You know, typically whenever we think of a plan, our plan includes what, like, stuff that we need to do, which, which is important. I think that is definitely part of it. But I think if you're going to have a plan for change, there's going to have to be a few other questions that you're going to have to wrestle with and, 
answer before you start a what you're going to do list. And these go below the surface of what you're going to do, deep down, like we said yesterday, into your heart. So here's the deal. I'm going to teach today through questions. I'm going to kind of be a counselor, a good counselor, what a good counselor does. A good counselor just doesn't tell you what you need to do, right? A good counselor, if you go and see a good one, a good counselor will help you along to help you see what you should already know. Like a, a good counselor will ask you questions. So I'm going to hopefully today ask you some questions that will help you develop a plan to see life change happen. Because the whole point of following Jesus is change. Like if, if you don't change seriously, what's the point? What is the point? Like you might as well just go watch football right now, right? It's like, what's the point of church? What's the point of joining Life Track? What, what's the whole The point of it is to be more like Jesus, right? Right. Okay, awesome. Great. Here's... Check it out. So the three questions. First off this, do you have room? Do you have room? Do you have space in your life? Is anyone busy? I mean, I can look at y'all's eyes, and y'all just look tired. Like, y'all are here, like, I'm, like, kudos to y'all for even staying awake when I'm up here talking. You know, like, kudos to you guys. Because I know y'all are tired. Some of y'all got kids. Some of y'all got crazy bosses. Some of y'all got crazy jobs. Like, some of y'all are just, Brandon, I know you got a crazy boss. It's Tom Mayer. So, yeah, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm calling you out, man. But, uh, dude, it's like, you know, we are busy, man. So busy. So, so busy. Our country, man, is the most busiest country. And what we can typically do if we're not careful when it comes to Jesus, church, and all that what it does is it just simply becomes an add-on instead of becoming the center. Let me tell you how it kind of like looks here. I, you know, we kind of had a little graphic made. So the, the way it typically works, the way we want change to work, this is our like ab belt right here, okay? This is our perennial ab belt. We're at the center. So we're at the center of us. And then we've got our job, our family. Lacey, what does that mean? Work. You got, you got fun. You got your friends. And then, you know what? Give me a little bit of Jesus. Let me, let me, let me just add this on. And what ends up happening is Jesus just ends up becoming this, like, add-on. Where, like, we want him to fit into our schedule. Jesus, when I can get to you. I'll get to you. And, you know, uh, you know, but, you know, oh, you want me to go to church twice a week? You want me to, remo you, you want me to do, I'm busy. I got stuff going. So this is the way we typically want change to work. This is our ad belt. We want Jesus to add on. But how it's got to work, Jesus doesn't want to just rent in your life. He wants to be the owner. He wants to be the one that takes over. So we've got to shift this. If we want to see change, we've got to create space in our lives. This has got to shift to the, the next thing, God in you, where he becomes the center. And everything else revolves around him. Everything else revolves. Your priorities shift from I live or God is here to give me what I want. A good marriage, a good job, good relationships, God exists to glorify me. Where it's like, no, you miss the boat and you'll miss change. Because true change happens when, whenever you create 
space in your life and say, Jesus, come on in. I'm going to give you room. I'm going to give you space. But I yell, we're busy, aren't we? Like, we got schedules. We got kids that got to go to practice. But, but here's, here, here's the deal. I'm not, and, and, and let me say this too. This whole sermon, I'm not trying to guilt you. Please, at this church, we will never, what, what's the word? Motivate you to guilt or motivate you through guilt or fear or shame. Because that does not bring change. It might bring short-term change, but it doesn't bring long-term change. We will always say this, you were meant for more. We will never say, oh, you're terrible. If you just do this, then you'll be better. No, because that's not how God works with us. You know what God does? He says, you're meant for more. I came to give you life and life abundantly. You were meant for more. Come on, come to life here. We'll never guilt you. We'll never shame you. We will never do that here. And this sermon is not that. What I simply want to help you do is help you ask some questions so then you can create a plan for change in your life. I preface that by saying this. It's crazy how with our kids' sports teams, we can take them to 19 practices a week. Some of y'all laughing because you take them to 17 a week and you know the deal. And we'll literally just like put church out. I mean, here's the thing, church doesn't save you. It doesn't. Like, going to church does not save you. Coming into this building doesn't do anything. But what it does, it's saying, Jesus, you got space in my life. Bible reading doesn't save you. Worshiping doesn't save you. This stuff doesn't save you. But do you know what it does? It says to Jesus, you've got space in my life. But I don't exist for you to just glorify me. I exist to glorify you. Jesus, I'm gonna give you space in my life. Let's make sure we don't miss the best thing by filling our lives with good things. Because we can fill our lives with so many good things, good paying job, good money, and miss the best thing. I think that's why Jesus said this. Jesus, Jesus said this, what will the profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? It's kind of like Jesus saying, look, I created the world. I know what's good. I, everything you got, I created. I know what's good. But what's going on in your soul? What's going on inside of you? The King of kings and Lord of lords, he wants to have relationship with you. Don't miss the best thing. Jesus came on the scene in Matthew chapter 5, and it's called the Sermon on the what? Mount, right? One of the most famous sermons. The B, the, the B attitudes. And Jesus comes on, and Jesus starts off with this. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but so many times I kind of interpret that as kind of being, you know, just you know, kind of walk like this. I'm poor in spirit. Poor on the inside. Just wanting Jesus. You know, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. That's what I've kind of always envisioned it as right like blessed are the poor in spirit let me tell you what i think jesus was actually saying what i see from is blessed are those who have space in their lives for me blessed are those who are poor enough to have space for me in their life you gain by actually being poor we we are in in an upside kingdom an upside down kingdom 
Jesus came on the, the, the scene preaching stuff that they were like, what in the world? He said, you have heard it said eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you, don't repay back evil with good, but good with evil. What? Was that right? I'm, I'm not sure, but you get the point. <laughs> Jesus was like, you've heard it said only love those like you. But Jesus said this, love those who hate you. Like those who don't have your viewpoint, love them. Those that are, you know what, Democrats, love them. If they're Republicans, love them. Up the tension there. <laughs> Jesus said, look, you, you know, you've always heard it. What in the world? Jesus said, you've always heard it said. Do good things so everybody can see you. Jesus said, no, do your good things so no one can see you, so only your father will give you props. Jesus said, you've heard it said, judge everybody. But Jesus said, don't judge no one. Examine the plank in your own eye before you judge the speck in someone else's eye. The world tells you, be anxious. Jesus tells you, be anxious for nothing because the king of kings and Lord knows the hairs on your head. And if he provides for them, he provides for the flowers, he'll provide for you. We live in an upside down kingdom. And what the, the world will tell you to do is get rich, get rich, get this, get, get that. But Jesus says there's a blessing in being poor because you got space for me. And you get the real thing. Do you have space in your life? Can Jesus fit into your budget? Oh, man. Whew. Can Jesus fit into your schedule? Like I said, this is guilt. This is, this is just asking. If you want change, if we want change, these are questions we've got to ask. Can Jesus fit into your life? Secondly, what's your goal? What's your goal? What's your focus? What's your goal? Because if you're going to have change, you're going to have to eventually ask, what is, my, what is my ultimate purpose in going through this change process? Right? And I would basically say this. If the reason you're changing is any other reason than to become more like Jesus, then you've got the wrong reasons. The whole purpose of church, the whole purpose of Bible study, the whole purpose of prayer, the whole purpose for doing outreach, the whole purpose for doing anything related to Jesus, church, Bible, anything, is to be like Jesus, is to form in us the character and mindset and heart and life of Jesus. Romans 8, 28, many of you probably know it if you've grown up in church, tells us this, all things work to the good what? of those who love him. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to be the best them. He chose them so he could glorify them. No. He chose them to become like Jesus. The whole purpose of your plan for change, if it's in any way to glorify you or to help you have a better life or to help get what you want, you miss the whole point of Jesus. Many people can even teach and preach that Jesus came to give you what you want. 
Like, if, you know, so many people, if you follow Jesus, you'll be rich. If you follow Jesus, you'll have wealth. If you follow Jesus, you'll always be healthy. If you follow Jesus, you know, you sow 20 bucks, he'll give you a, a brand new Bentley. You know, and it's, and it's like, Dave, there are definitely principles in God's kingdom that God has set up. And that, man, we, and that, man, you know what? We believe you reap what you sow. That's, that's one of our core values. You reap what you sow. We believe that. But if the purpose of any of that stuff is for any other reason than to become more like Jesus, you're missing the point. You're missing the E on the I chart. Everything we do is to become like Jesus. Is, is that your goal? Does, can, does Jesus have some space in your life and is your goal to become more like him? Third question, and we're going to close here. Will you be patient? Will you be patient? I don't know about you, but I like a microwave, Jesus. I like a hot pocket, Jesus. (laughs) I love put that joint in the microwave for 30 seconds. You got yourself a hot pocket. Lean pockets too, right? (laughs) I like a microwave, Jesus. That it's just kind of like, man, Jesus, I want you to change me. And you got a year to do it. I'm giving you a time limit. Because I got stuff to do. I got people to see. I got stuff to do, right? Will you be patient and let God do his work? Here's what I know. It's longer than we want it to be. I'll be real with you. I've been serving Jesus 18 years, like for real serving him, like serving him, serving him. When, when, when Jesus got a hold of me, my life was changed. My mom got a seat saved saved for she she passed away a couple years ago she said john when you got it you got it and i did i've been saved 18 years and I, you know what i still cussed some of y'all are like oh my god did he just say that <laughs> Oh my God, the pastor said he cussed. I'll be real with you. Now the good thing is I don't cuss as much as I used to. If you were expecting a perfect pastor, you got the wrong church. I'm saying right now, just go ahead and walk out and go out. I'm not there, y'all. I got a long way to go. I still cuss. And thankfully, more of the words have stayed in my brain. They come out of my mouth. Some of y'all know what I'm saying. So I'm praying to hopefully progress to not even thinking it. But right now, I'm not there. And even sometimes now, I let them fly. I'm not proud of it. I'm not happy with it. But it is what it is. But I know this. Jesus is working on me.
I need two volunteers. I, 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 I need someone to be Jesus, okay? We'll have a, a woman Jesus. Come on. Where the? Get over here. You're going you're gonna to be over here, all right? Rachel, right? What's up, Rachel? Welcome, welcome. Come on, just stand right there. And I need someone to kind of be their old, nasty, dirty self. Or, you know, not old. Like, basically symbolizing the, the like, old, you know, the old you. Marble, all right, Marble, come on, brother. Come on, we, we got J Marb right there. Now, what I know, hey, J Marb, you can stand over, over here, okay? So, Josh Marble is, is, so let me kind of tell you what these people symbolize, right? So, you've got Josh. What's up, Josh? How you doing, brother? a sterling young man. He's single, just let you know. If any of y'all, you know, got some daughters, I know Josh is a great guy. He loves Jesus. He's a solid, solid, solid dude right here. So, you know. So, hey, Josh, Josh is going to symbolize our old self, okay? Or kind of like we just received Christ, all right? Rachel's going to symbolize Jesus, okay? Now, I don't know about you, whenever I first got saved, you know, I, I, I kind of started here and kind of throughout the years, I've, I've kind of, you know, keeping my eyes on Jesus and kind of being good and, you know, saying like, you know what, and, and, and I think some of you, some of us, I know me too, can downplay the actual amount of change we've had and we can think really that we haven't changed at all since we've started serving Jesus. But what I actually see, the closer I get to Jesus, what that actually does, you actually see how bad you are. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you see, I got, I'm jacked up. I need help. I need Jesus. Paul, Paul wrote two-thirds of the Dagon New Testament. And Paul started... You know, he started writing books and he kind of called himself an apostle starting off. The last epistle book that Paul wrote, he referred to himself as the chief of sinners. So the closer he got to Christ, the kind of more he realized, I'm not, I need help. But you see, what it does, whenever we keep our eyes on Jesus, typically we see how much we need to grow, how much we're not there. And we need to keep our eyes on them. But at the same time, occasionally, you need to do this. Yeah, I know you're not like Jesus yet. But you're not who you used to be. You're not who you used to be. And some of y'all need to celebrate who you aren't. You need to celebrate and thank God for how far you've come. Yeah, I know you're not there yet. And you've got a long way to go. We all do. But some of y'all need to look back and say, Jesus, thank you I'm not that person. Thank you I'm on my journey. And you know what Scripture tells us? A couple things. Hebrews 12, too. It tells us this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith. Galatians 6, 9 tells us this, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus, absolutely. He's the goal, he's the prize, he's the reason, he's who we're trying to be like. But at the same time, I need you to occasionally look back 
and be like, yeah, that's, that's the old me. That was me when I used to say 100 cuss words every hour. Now I'm only saying 10. I used to think about this all the time. Now I only think about it once a day. I used to want to punch people in the face every second of every day. Now it's only during lunchtime. You know, it's like, <laughs> celebrate your victories, y'all. Celebrate it. Thank God for it. Because you'll get closer to him thanking him more than you will feeling guilt and condemnation and shame. And so many Christians walk around. Scripture tells us this. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Meaning if you are in Christ, quit condemning yourself. If, if you feel con conviction, awesome. Listen to it and change. But don't condemn yourself. Thank God for the person you're not. Fix your eyes on, on the person you're striving to be. And give it time. Give it time. Will you give the plan time? Is there space in your life? Just a second. What's your focus? give it time.